I've been doing a lot of talks lately, so I need to have a primer, and this is a very good statement. I say this a lot of ways, but it sounds better to me when a, an, an authority like a dead master says it. So <laughs> to me, the greatest dead master, Ramana Maharshi. So. And let's just say, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. That's my suggestion. So, presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for that thing. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? I'll say it again. There's another one also. Presupposing. This is, a, this is really interesting. Because in my experience, the mental process doesn't play the same rules about time that we do. It's, it, it skips. So the mental process takes time, yes? So first, first there's conscious contact. Consciousness coming through the five gates of the senses, yes? And then in Buddhism, they call the mind the sixth gate. So it sees, you know, really, in a way, it's seeing as hearing thoughts. So those six things. That's conscious contact. That's what's happening. Yes? A mental process occurs through that, and it produces something. And that something is this presupposing that this non-existent thing was there prior to all this, and it exists. Yes. So instead of seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling, the mental state processes that or interprets that into see or seen, hear or heard, feel or felt, yes? smell or smelt. You know? And the emphasis goes on the supposed subject and the object of the event, and this is the verbing of the event, which is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yes? Yeah. So, this presupposing is that when the mental process supposes that you are a non-existent thing, it's a presupposing. It feels... So here, the mental process takes time when it, when it produces the product, you feel like you were before the process. So when people who have heard this message call me up or email me, two things they usually express. They go, oh, I've been selfing all day. Yeah? Now, that's not the selfing. The feeling of being the one who is selfing all day is the selfing. And then, oh, the selfing has been driving me crazy. It's, that's not it either. It's the feeling of the one who's driven crazy, and it's the feeling of the one who isn't di driven crazy. It's the feeling of the one who has an ego, and it's the feeling of the one who doesn't have an ego. That one is in place in both opposites. In both dualistic expressions, have, lose, arrive, uh, get sent back, all of that, there's... All of this seesawing is on one axis, and that axis is the sense of being in a non-existent, imaginary thing. Yeah. So, when, at this point, 
when your practices, see, now at this point, when your practices, if this is established and you're not aware of it, this is what happens. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, that how can they destroy it? You see? So when you're practicing, practicing whatever it may be, the mental state is using all that practice to point to the practitioner. And that's where the bondage is. It will actually use, I don't care how noble or how old the tradition is or how ancient the practice is, it has no respect for any of that. It's going to claim the practice and it's going to use the practice to imply the practitioner. So when you meditate, meditate and you're believing you're going to get out of that non-existent thing, but you're taking it to be so, through meditation, he says it very clearly right here, when your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? So, how can you meditate yourself out of the meditator, is basically what he's saying. So the mental state is going to move and claim anything it comes in contact with. So the mental process has come in contact with consciousness, and now it throws consciousness as an attribute you have or don't have. So now it says, I'm seeing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching, I'm smelling. That feeling of being the I that's doing all that stuff, or the eyes that doesn't do all that stuff, is the bondage of self. So let's just say this little template we weren't aware of. So it's, it's like ta- it's almost like taking a step, taking a trip. So let's say the first step has this little miscalibration. There's a feeling of you being the one who's taking the step. Okay, you don't even notice it. But let's say if you add fifty thousand more steps behind it, each one geometrically progresses that little boo boo. And then you you go swinging, swinging, swinging out. And then the one step totally unnoticed is the most influential. It almost is like it's your shadow. See, While you're doing all this, while you're doing this practice or anything else, it's the, it's the making of the practitioner and taking that to be you, which is the non-existent thing. Yes? That's the main dilemma. Everything else after that is usually just compounding that simple little mistake. So the solution to it isn't, you're not going to outdo yourself from being the doer. You're not going to outthink yourself from being the thinker. You're not going to outfeel yourself from being the feeler. It's prior. Prior. The freedom from bondage is prior to this step. From this little little boo-boo, let's say. Before that, because from prior, it never freaking happened. Yeah? After, it's the fact that everything happens from. But from the solution, it's not a fact. So the freedom from bondage is the recognition there was no one ever bound. It's not that the one who was bound has now found a way to be free, because if that's the case, it's only going to lead to another being bound to usually what set them free from the first bound. Watch it. 
Watch people who have meditated for a long time. I was one of them. If I missed it in the morning, it influenced my whole freaking day. I, I have to go home at noon and get in and sit down because fucking I, you know what I mean? My whole condition of the day was based on that activity. Now, when I was a young little kid, seemingly, <laughs> when I was that little kid, this, the mental process that produces a sense of self hadn't gotten enough strength yet. So, first of all, when I was playing, I didn't go home and critique my playing. I didn't go home and say, I really missed an opportunity. I, I should have been playing more around 4 o'clock. Something happened. I've got to get better at this thing called playing. I mean, everyone's watching me, and they're going, he doesn't play that well. You know what I mean? You know, none of that was going on. And when I was... <laughs> I wasn't thinking I got to get into the moment because I hadn't thought I could be ever out of a moment, literally. And I wasn't worrying, will I be playing next week because time hadn't set up yet. Mind grew into a mental process in a sense. Yes? And now instead of realizing it can grow out of it, it wants to grow as it. It wants to grow with it. It wants to grow by it. And it doesn't work. The freedom isn't through or with or by, it's from. The, the freedom of self is from. Yeah. You recognize it's an activity, and that which can recognize the activity is not part of the activity. So when the selfing stops, and there's something that continues, you're that which continues. So now, your reference point shifts from the false reference, which is what giving all meaning to what's added and subtracted from that position. Now it shifts to the prior, and things look different without changing anything. And then you get established there, because it's the easiest thing to get established in. Is there any thought... Does it, is it work to see... Do I, do I get up every morning, see, I want to see better, see, see, or hear, hearing better. No, you see, there's no thought effort, isn't there? Your, your eyes are closed, you open up, the whole fucking show's on. They, wasn't, they didn't have, the props didn't have come onto the stage, the lighting. It's just, oh, I'm way in Schenectady, up in my dream, right, it's just on. Yeah? And do you get, like, exhausted by two o'clock? I've seen too many things today. <laughs> I wanted to save the scene for something for the weekend. You know, now I fucking spent it. And I really resent you. You know what I mean? No, it sounds crazy. Where's all the thought of effort in being awake? Hearing. No, I've never had any effort hearing. You know, of course you can start losing it, but you're not losing that which is hearing. It's just the ear is going bad. Yeah, the lens is going bad. It's not the. It's not what's seeing through the lens. Don't be mistaken. Obviously, most of us know that it's not the eye that's seeing. It facilitates seeing. Yeah? If this body died, this eye would never be seeing a damn thing. And you could probably take it out of this dead body, put it in a live body, and it would facilitate seeing. So let's be clear. If the eye is not seeing, the ear is not hearing. 
And that, that which is hearing isn't defined by only five gates. Some insects have eight sense gates. You could have 20 sense gates and you'd be having a kaleidoscopic experience here, but it would be like being in India every day. <laughs> You'd be overwhelmed by all the sense sense experience, like you are in India. <laughs> so it's not like consciousness is a quantity that you're going to lose, nor is it something that you can amp up. If all there is is spirit or consciousness, there isn't any really more or less going around. That's made up. Yes. And where is it made up? Not before this little misstep, but after the misstep. After the misstep, a spiritual... Listen to how we speak about spirituality. It sounds like a body is doing it, really. What goes on a journey? What goes on a journey? A body goes on a journey. What goes to the highest mountaintop? A freaking body. Spirit doesn't... Where would spirit go from and, and leave? It doesn't leave and then go to the mountaintop. A body does. And then, oh, I've fallen into the chasm of ignorance. What falls into chasms? Bodies. We've even framed our own natural condition as a body attribute. It's the act of being identified as the body is the act of being identified as as an imagined existing thing. Yeah? Without life in it, this thing isn't alive. So, everything else to me, it's like if you ever watch those movies about clones, and the clone has human programming, it believes it's a person, and they have memory chips, and it has a history, seemingly has pictures to prove the history, and it lives and acts as, as if it's a person, and then let's say it has a huge awakening, or life becomes indisputably pointing out to it that it's a clone, yes? And you would think, oh, far out, the clone finally realizes it's a clone. But what's going to receive or get the message it's a clone is the human programming. This is what happens. The first myth that goes up here in time and space is the mental myth. It takes 500 in a second, I think, to produce the sense of self. Do you think you're going to beat that gunslinger in any gunfight? It's always going to outdraw all your practices, all your freaking efforts, everything. But what outdraws it is timelessness, and that is your inherent condition. In that state, the gun is always out. You're always available at all. It's always available at all times with no requirement necessary, except the ones you and I put up. So, how does this sense of self get reinforced? Well, for me, it's in the head. Yeah, the thought system. The thought system pictures you and me as a body. When you're thought about, you're thought about as a body. When you think about someone else, you think about them as a body. The thought system pictures you and me as a body. And in that picturing, when, and then it also pictures you in a, a mythical place called the past and pictures you in a mythical place called the future as a body. And by thinking about you, and very rarely most people, like I would not go to 20 years ago to think about Stanley. Yeah? I have absolutely no interest what happened to Stanley 20 years ago. But I'll keep going back there if it's about me. Yeah? 
This is, this is the cherishing of self that they talk about in Buddhism. The thoughts, our attention interest would not even go back one day for Sandley. But we're constantly going back to Never Never Land. Going over, it's like a forensic unit. Going over, if I wouldn't have said that to her, I, oh, everything would have been great by now. It's just, it's unbelievable. And so, why is, why is that activity so prevalent? Because self doesn't have its own light. Self, to appear to be so, must be remembered. For self to appear to be so. For that non-existent thing to, to, to appear to seemingly exist, it has to be remembered. And the thought system is what's doing it. So when you're thinking about what happened to you in the past, five minutes ago, eight years ago, you're being remembered as a body now. When you're saying, oh, five years ago I was in Boston, you're being remembered right now as the body that you believe was back there. And when you're worrying about you in the future, you're worrying about you as a body. And where you're, and the worrying is used the same way. It remembers you as a body now by remembering about you or worrying about you as a future body. This is called the this is the bondage of self. So when there's a doing, there's a feeling of being the doer. When there's seeing, there's a feeling of being the seer. When there's thinking, there's a feeling of either being the thought about or the thinker. Yes. This is the bondage of self. The bondage of self isn't thoughts and it isn't feelings. It's the thoughts and feelings are used to facilitate the bondage of self. The, where the real bondage is, is before the thought, in the word my. The my of the thought is how the thought is used to bind you. The my of the feeling is how the feeling is used to bind us. The my of time is how time is used to bind us. The my of a problem is how problems are used to bind us. Yeah? It's not the problems, it's not the thoughts, because you and I can have the same, same thoughts going on in our head. If, I, if you talk to me about what's driving you crazy and what's not happening, I could be sitting right next to you, it has no effect on me whatsoever. But the same thoughts, thinking about what's going to happen and what's not happening for me, if it's held as mine, they have a huge ability to affect me. Why is that? It's not the thought, is it? It's the mind. The same thought in a different head, but it has the underlying my in front of it. The my is the bondage. And the my is an activity. It's a mental activity. Thoughts do not come with my in them. They don't. When our thoughts are happening in here, they're nobodies. None. There are nobody's thoughts. It's the my the my is a blind recognition of an imaginary fact. You claim what isn't yours, and then you get owned by what you claim. You mean to say, me and mine, or just mine? Me and my and all. Try whatever you like. It's like a, you know, couple with one or have a menage a trois with both. <laughs> You're getting screwed either way. <laughs> So it's an activity. If you breathe it into any more than that, what seemingly is so will be so for you. 
and seemingly is a very important word to describe what's happening here, it means it appears to be true or false to us. Yes? So in a sense, nothing has any real meaning other than the meaning you give it. And the meaning you give something is based on what you're resting in. If you're resting in self-centeredness, you're going to get a stock meaning that self-centeredness delivers to life. And you know what? It's probably going to drive you to the point where you want some freaking relief. And either you'll become a spiritual seeker, a drug addict, a shopaholic, or something. Because you're going to want to get some damn relief. Not from it, but for it. See, this is the dilemma that happened with me with the, the spiritual practices. That the sense of freedom or the longing for freedom was co-opted and I tried to become free as what I'm not. Just like at these talks, if you go to enough of them, a dilemma that we run into here is people want to get it. But they want to get it as themselves. And they're not that. Or they want, it goes through such an absurd lane, they want to experience their own absence, but they want to be able to go back home and tell people about it. It's not, that's not how it works. It really doesn't work that way. This is not an experience. This is so prior to experience, it's unbelievable. It will influence experiences, but it has nothing, it has, it's not even close to that fleeting, it came, it went, and bam. Yeah? This is prior, a stateless state that is always, always available at all times because it's not of time. Yeah? With no requirement necessary. Just how easy it is and how effort it is for consciousness to move through that is how easy and effort it is for that to be acknowledged. You can rest there. You can start your day there, not after the fact, but before it is ever seen as a fact. Because before, it ain't a fact. After, it's always a fact. And that's the sense of being a self. Recognize its movements, and you'll get an intimation of it. And the intimation, all of the intimations you'll get will distill into one clear acknowledgement. I am not that. Yeah? And as soon as you can entertain a sense of farness to it, your head, which has been captured through identification with it, so when it's hoping for freedom or peace or contentment, it's been hoping as that to become free, which has defeated its drive to be free. But if you see it as not you, your mind immediately can entertain, I can be free from it. Not as an activity, not as in a journey, but as the starting point. You feel the pause now? That's us. You feel something here? Oh, man, um, thank God I'm aware of it. <laughs> That's it. That. And have you ever had a pause in one's life? when you were going to do some crazy thing once again and somehow something came about and there was like an interruption, you finally showed up in your own life. Instead of being relegated through interpretation in the back seat, you were seen as the one in the front seat finally. And when that occurs, the gig is up. 
the chicanery, the chicanery can be seen through. It's an activity. You were never bonded to a self. It's an activity. It can only seem to be so based on your compliance. Your compliance. As Jesus says, it's as you believe, so it is. It's exactly what it's like. He never said, so it is. He says, as you believe, so it is. He he pointed to our role in here. We're, We're not... We're not in this world. We're, you know what I mean? Whatever that. How does it go? We're of it. Yes. No. No, not of this world. We're in it. Yes, we're in the world, but not of the world. Exactly. So we're in this thing of time, seemingly, but we're not of time. Where would that be recognized? Before all the processes. Not as a product of processes, but prior to the processes. This is a humble invitation. Hopefully it will save you a lot of time. Because when I read this, after years of practicing, it was like my spiritual pants fell down. (laughs) And thank God I didn't pull them back up. I swear, I just walked around fucking quite uncomfortable for a little while. <laughs> and then when people would say, oh, you missed that teacher, I said, fucking great. Great. Great I missed them. <laughs> Here's another, the same master, put it in another way. Simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself so that state of realization will be revealed. But anything which the individual self tries to do, and anything is pretty comprehensive, is it? I mean, there's no little... You'd have to be a real good spiritual lawyer to get out of that verdict there. <laughs> change like imminent. You know how the government changed the word imminent? You know, change, you know, you'd have to change the world word anything to mean, well, maybe. It's anything-ish. It's anything-ish, you know, or all-ish, or everywhere-ish. There's options, but... <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know the bird verdict's been served already. <laughs> but anything which this individual self <laughs> tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. can't get out of an imaginary place. You can't transcend an imaginary place. (laughs) You can't solve an imaginary problem. (laughs) You can't work hard to get to the end bottom of it because it's already been revealed. It's imaginary. And so what's the appropriate reaction if you realize you're in an imaginary place? Nothing. How long, how much time will it take to get out? Nothing. That's what it is. 
So well, we'll see. We'll keep this up here. here. If one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. There is no solution because the whole problem stems from the totally false assumption that this individual self has a real existence. You know, if there's a spiritual book here, you know how when the, uh, when the, the cigarettes, they finally pass where they put a disclaimer on it, this can kill you. I swear, I would love every spiritual book that's out there, I would love to put this on the first page. Presupposing, like a warning, just in case, before you start reading this, this book, this spiritual book, presupposing that, that there's an imaginary thing that's going to get relieved of itself, you know? So, and, then, and then he says, proceed to the uh, cashier. You know? Because the person's going to buy it anyway. It doesn't matter. But at least the warning's on the, on the book. You know what I mean? At least there's, you've been, you've been, you know, it's now it's on you. But this is what this is like to me. This idea of what proceeds everything. If you follow anything back, it let this is all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And if you don't stop at the sign <laughs> and go through, you'll see. So if you follow anything back, like for me, it's sound is the easiest thing. If you found, follow a sound back and take a sound as far as it can go, and let's see the closest sound I experience is I hear sound in my head quite a lot. Maybe I have that titmus thing but I enjoy it a lot. You know? So it's always on. It's more constant than the breath. It doesn't have a little interlude. or, And, and it's always on. It's, it's more constant than the beating of the heart. So I, if I, And everything else that I hear sounds like it came after that sound. That sounds before any sound they've heard in this planet in all the years I've lived. And then you go back there, all right, so I'm almost like the first sound of all sounds for me. Yeah, what the hell is hearing that sound? What's hearing it? And can that which is hearing that sound be heard? That's you. You have arrived home. You are the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, yet you can never be touched, smelled, seen, heard, or felt. Yet, there is no feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, and smelling without you. But you cannot, those senses cannot sense you. Those senses can only facilitate you sensing every freaking thing else. Take anything back. It always goes back to where you finally are, and it's in that dog shit awareness of everyday onness. Yeah? People have just how many people are bummed out by the word enlightenment? Enlightenment means cessation of all suffering. But if people who are in these type of venues, they're driving themselves 
crazy because they're not enlightened or someone beat them to it or why did that fucking guy get enlightened <laughs> something there's like it's supposed to mean cessation of all suffering but once again how this head uses it to produce suffering same thing with awakening we were so better off when <laughs> just beginning oh we were just listening to a great old Smith's song called How Soon Is Now? That's why everyone, when's it going to happen? The awakening. I want to wake up. <laughs> it was better if we never heard any of this shit. We'd be happy on a Tuesday night or a Monday night. You know what I mean? We would have just enjoyed the doll and the rice and hung out. And, but... <laughs> The point is, without this being clear, it, I don't care how much clarity you get afterwards, without this being clear, it's like, that's your shadow. It's so close to you, you call it you, and it ain't. And that is the freedom, it's prior and from that, not for it, or through it, or by it, or with it. Yeah? And it's already established, you are, you precede the sense of self. You do not come after the sense of self. You precede the sense of self. Never not to be... It's never not going to be this way. This body, our bodies, are always going to be in front of the camera. What we are is behind the camera. What we're not is never going to get what we are. You are never going to get what you are as a body. Yet all the while, there's the body, you are that. This is content, what we are is context, yes? You realize you're not the content, this object, and maybe it dawns on you, your context. And then, pass the coffee, you know? It's not, it's not this huge, the sky doesn't open, you just go to the store. <laughs> You have a seat assignment as an action figure, and you'll fulfill it. Yeah? You'll realize all the personalities that have ever happened in this body were experiences you were having. They weren't, you were not having ever had an experience. The you is an experience that mind's having. All the different yous you've been, all thinking they're the one that's having everything and claim, doing everything, they haven't done a damn thing. They've been the experience. It's like the one thought, the first seeming thought is I'm the thinker. It excludes itself from all the other thoughts by claiming to be the doer of the thoughts. But is it done, can, it, can it actually separate itself from thoughts? No. It's a thought. There's a seeing of the, there's a hearing of the thought, some magic happens, and then you're looking from the thought. Instead of recognizing it as a thought, you're calling it me. Yeah? And then you live in interpretation. As Hinduism would say, name and form starts occurring. Separation, this and that, time, time, ba ba ba, bee bee bee, da 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 da. It's like a big open sky mind, big M mind, a huge sky, totally empty. Anything and everything can appear in it, and what appears in it does not affect it one bit. 
Every freaking cloud that shows up. If a cloud on Monday looked like a doggy, I bet you it won't be there on Friday. It won't. The doggy isn't going to have much of a length of life. It just appeared. It's dependently originated. Other things are affecting it. By the time 11 o'clock comes, it's gone. Because the sun burnt it. Yes? There it is. The birds take a shit. It doesn't land on the sky. It lands on your car. Yeah? When it rains, the earth gets wet. The sky doesn't get wet. When a plane is flying through the sky, it doesn't call up the tower. I ran into a big chunk of sky. Sky or mind allows everything to happen, and yet everything that happens in it has no effect on it. That quality, ever available, right where you are, with no requirement necessary. Stop looking for it and realize you're looking from it. Or at least entertain what you're not. And see if it starts producing some goods in your life. For me, it produced the stabilized traveling lighter as this action figure. Yeah? It didn't change the geography of my life, but I traveled lighter over all the aspects and all the situations and all the experiences for a long period of time now. I can tell you for a fact it will skim out all that extra shit that you've been adding on to You'll lose interest in the self. You'll gain interest in others. Your interest and attention will be freed from that dead preoccupation. And maybe it will enrich your day instead of enslaving you in a day full of yesterday and tomorrow. Made up. Maybe it will enrich your day. Maybe you'll be able to feel like what it feels like to hold the space for something to occur. The sense being the presence. Not fucking running after a presence, but sense being the presence. Yeah. Can't I forget it as soon as it comes out? What you're saying about the sky, the mind, the sky. I'm just trying to sort of. It's a. It's an old, old example. But it, see, I when I hear it, even coming through me, it's so fucking huge. <laughs> Have you ever had your aperture open? Big time open? I'll do the sky. So the sky, I'm using it to sort of mimic the idea of what big M mind is like. Yeah? You can never capture it, but you can animate it. So the sky is this huge expanse. Tons of shit happens in it. The artistry is there every day. Yes, yeah? it's, it's unbelievable. When have you gotten to see a regular, like, no, never, no two days match the cloud formations? It's an unbelievable... Manifest. It's like a huge mural above us all day, every day, for year after year. Yeah? So here's the sky, totally open, stuff coming up in it. Yeah, Clouds, yes, and then planes riding through it. But when the plane rides through it, it never calls the tower and says it ran into sky. But it moves through sky. Yeah, When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. When the bird shits, it doesn't land on the sky. Yeah? So tons of things are afforded the opportunity to happen, yet anything that happens in the sky doesn't affect the sky. That's what mind is like. You mean to say it's like a screen on a movie theater? That's another example. 
like a screen. And what movie have you gone to where you sat and clapped for the screen? <laughs> but really, it allows all the different movies to be shown. Yes? Without, and does, when there's a melodrama, does it get wet? No. When there's a military movie, does it get ripped? No. It's the same, same, same type of attitude, idea. And we're all the characters on the screen? Hmm? And we're playing all the characters on the screen? We're, let's see, you can say we're playing, but we're not all the characters. Actually, we are all the characters on the screen, yet not one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's a dream. Like, you ever read The Course in Miracles? It's a dream. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yes? You can so, put a therapist on that. All right. Yeah. Put your legs on the chair. Yeah. You and I are the dreaming. I like to say the dreaming. In the book it says dreamer, but I don't like the idea of a noun. Yeah? I think everything is verbing, so. You and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. And this was the important part to me because I saw in my own experience what was actively producing the forgetting that I'm the dreaming, which is being identified as the dreamt. Simple. Yeah? I was identified as the dreamt, so I forgot that I'm actually the dreaming. And the obsession with self and all the obsessions in mind are there to reinforce the identification. Yeah? The obsessions have no other real purpose than to reinforce the identification itself. So, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're dreaming. Or we're in forgetfulness that we're dreaming. And in that condition, we give everything we've dreamt the power, the power to affect us. It's like a diagram of everyone's day in this planet, yes? You and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming. And in that condition, we give everything we've dreamt, thoughts, feelings, all this, Everything, again, once again, everything, the word, we, everything we dreamt, the power to affect us. Yes? This is the condition. We just were reading at this course yes, in miracles. That includes the waking world? Hmm? That includes the waking world or the dream world? Includes the waking world, for sure. Oh. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Everything, all, is pretty inclusive. Yes, it's all in there. Waking, dreaming. The only thing that's different is duration, really. Your dream state while you're sleeping seems shorter than the awakened dream. But it's all the same thing. What do you think a subjective experience is? What does that imply? So you're at this event, but no, the event's not going to lend anything to you. All of us are going to override the event by having our own experience of it which is what happens all day. Like they say in physics, the greatest influence of any experimenter is the observer of it. Or, and they also say that all observation distorts what's observed. <laughs> you got We have a big, big role here. I hate to break the news to you. We are reality, I believe. We really are. Lending itself to things through being identified as a thing. I think it's that simple. We are reality. Lending itself to things through identification with a thing. That's the dilemma in a sense. And a dilemma isn't a dilemma unless you're in argument with it. If you're if you're in affirmation with it, it's not a dilemma anymore. Yeah? And that's the truth. 
I want to repeat something I heard yesterday because it, to me this is like a perfect thing. A story, these, these two young fish are swimming along and this older fish comes towards them and he says, hey fellas, how's the water? And he goes by and they sort of swim on for a little while and one looks at the ocean what the hell's water? Yes, uh, yes, that's the thing. We have an old example of the wave in the ocean. Yeah. So the wave has been waving for quite a while and then he gets a hankering that maybe he wants to study this thing called an ocean. So he gets books on it and, uh, and he goes to the beach to try to experience it and, you know, and his hopes is the highest thing he can hope for is to experience it because the wave is very much in place, the identification as a wave. So in that identification, he can't see the ocean as itself, so he can only see the ocean as an experience here or something to get that to add on to the wave. But what happens is when the wave recognizes it's not a wave, yes. how long did it take? Exactly. That's the whole point. Well, you ever hear these things like the open secret? What do you think they're implying? How could it be secret if it's open? Yeah? That's the whole point on the gateless gate. You know what they're trying to imply? There's no toll booth. There's, you know, there's no entrance fee. It's a gateless gate. You know? It's like you are what you're looking for. As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Or the seeker is the sort. Now, a guy who's been hearing me for eight years, because of my accent, accent, he just met me. He thought I was saying the seeker is the sword. <laughs> and he was wondering, what the hell did it mean for about eight years? I said, no, sword, sword, sword. <laughs> the seeker is the sword. Why do you think these, what are they pointing to? The cryptic little statements. Yeah. Or like a great Zen master says, this is very, very important. Huang Po, my favorite old Chinese Zen master, says, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind, bigger mind, to seek mind. You can't use the light to seek the light. You can try it for eons and nothing's going to happen. How is, why is that? Well, because in a sense, if you're seeking the Buddha, the seeking of the Buddha may be reaffirming that you're not a Buddha. And that's where the lie is, yeah? The lie is that you haven't found the Buddha, or you have to work harder. The lie is that you are the Buddha, yeah? So, as the Buddha, it would be absurd to be seeking the Buddha. As light, it would be absurd to be seeking for light. As mind, it would be absurd to seek for mind. Yeah. It would make absolutely no sense. So while there's this huge drive to find the Buddha, or to get the Buddha nature, or to have the Buddha nature, it's exactly what we said in the beginning. That activity is reinforcing the idea that you're not the Buddha. Yet all the while, you're going in that direction, you humbly feel, and you may be with a lot of other people who really nobly feel that we're on the right path, but these masters came, and they wanted to save us some freaking time, a lot of time, and they said, watch, check if this is in place, because if it is, you're defeated before you even start. It's the starting, is that, that's the defeat. One step is like a 50,000 foot journey. 
when I read this, it slammed me. It was like an unspoken yes. Something, it, it, you ever have when you have this long string, of, like a chronological, like that movie on a screen, you have like chronological memories of you for years. And then suddenly a big outside crane comes in and hovers this template over it. And then you see whatever segment it goes on, it gives you the fundamental pattern of what was happening. And it was self trying to get out of self. As a self. <laughs> every time I shot dope, every time I did anything, that template, it was like one template explained my whole seeming story. It was an identification as that, which caused me a lot of disease, irritability, restlessness. I wanted to get out of that, but I attempted to get out of that as that. And how successful was it? The only way it was successful by, was by its utter failure, <laughs> which it washed me up to the point of hearing this message and going, aha. And I heard a guy who is a popular dude, and he's from the Zen tradition, and he was talking at a meeting. And the meeting, and he said, I'm like a man, it's an old Zen saying, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. And I sounded, oh, it sort of sounded familiar by what's exactly happening right now. <laughs> and then he started laughing like that. He said, it's even funnier than that. I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And I looked at him, I said, thanks, and I left. <laughs> Seriously. I realized, all right, it's insane to be trying to buy water in the water. <laughs> Unless you like to buy shit, you know. <laughs> it's, fun. it's a good place to buy water. It's right there. There's a big supply of it. <laughs> I rather, you know. <laughs> and then I put the end to it. You know, and then I was willing. I don't know what happened. I just started to entertain these ideas, yeah? I read a little couple of books. I went to India to see where Ramana Maharshi lived. I went up to Bombay to see this guy who's passed away now, Ramesh Balsakar, because I had read some of his books, had a clear conceptual idea. And then it was about time just to let the mind entertain itself. And that's the, that's the greatest scripture. Because every page, it's an infinite amount of pages, and it's always available at all times. Your own mind is what's entertaining this dream. Can you imagine what it could entertain if it started entertaining reality? You know how real it makes this place feel? Can you, have, can you imagine if you match that quality you have to what's real? What could possibly occur? Seriously. Can you imagine... All the huffing and puffing we've made to make up all these imaginary houses. Yeah, really. You know what I mean? How many times do you have to really work hard to get, you know, to get a problem? <laughs> you know what I mean? See, you're, at, you're in Hawaii, everything's beautiful, but somehow you cook one up. If it's not there, it's about when I get to work again, it's going to be such a fucking dread. Whatever. So we're really busily working, and we make things that we make seemingly so all day. Mostly out of what's not happening. We're like, you know, Lazarus and Jesus' time, supposedly, and Jesus, you know, raised him from the dead. 
At least he was dead once. We're making shit out of nothing. We're raising, we're raising neuroses and problems out of what's not happening all day. We're miracle workers, but we <laughs> maybe we could turn to out to a different field. You know what I mean? Because we're just making up stuff. Most people, if they're bummed out tonight, has nothing to do with tonight. It always has to do with last week or next week. We're displaced. You don't feel it? Yeah, I, I share it at the meetings I just did. You have a job, you go to the job, you go home, have a couple of beers, let's say 8 o'clock, you put on the TV, you get your little TV dinner, and then there's a big CNN news flash in your head. You had a bad day. Well, wait a minute. You were in the day, yes? You were there at 8.30. I mean... Wouldn't you have recognized it was batting when it was batting? <laughs> Why is it that you get an interpretation 12 hours later, like a summation of the day? Hey, I didn't really want you to have any trouble, so I just made it all fucking up. You know what I mean? Okay, and then you believe it, and then you start seeing, oh, I hate that guy. They were all sitting talking about me. Not None of it happened. And you cook up an imaginary situation. Can you imagine if you took that ability and turned it to what's real? What could come to pass? Great things will come to pass, as Jesus said. And I mean it. Great things. They don't have to be big things or monumental things, but they'll be great. Yes? You'll have contentment. You'll understand the word serenity and peace. You'll comprehend it. You'll have a tactile sense feltness of presence. Your day starts there, is there, and ends there. And then tons of shit happens. You know? It all gets erased like an etch-a-sketch. And then the next day, new things go up. And yet, really, that says nothing ever happened. You're the only happening there is. The seeing is all that so. That's it. Questions and questions. This isn't like a. This to me, humbly, it is a message. Yeah. Everyone here has been served a spiritual subpoena. You're not knowing it or not. You're going to get a letter in the mail, and you're going to be asked to come to a court. But it's not going to be the mental court. It's going to be the court of light. And you know what? When you enter there, all your seeming trespasses will be annulled. Yep. So, uh, I read somewhere, and now after thinking about it, I believe it earnestly that when, when we are born, we're born laughing, singing, and dancing as children. And as we get older, we forget how to laugh, how to sing, and how to dance. We just stop. Some of us sing, we can't be creative, we can't sing, and we can't dance, because we can't do that. So, um, I, have, I have a belief that we were all born laughing, singing, and dancing as children. And when you made, made that comment about you as a child, you were thinking that you didn't think about how to play, right? The thought I had was, as adults and parents, um, do you seek to get back to that no. as a child? No. 
Can you, you have the same qualities. It wasn't just located in childhood. It's just been misplaced in adulthood. It's been always available at all times. There's a lot of wonder and awe to go around. You're the bringer of it. Yes? You're the bringer of the joy in your life. So, are you saying that it's been displaced by what's... The activity of the mental state. We've been handed an interpretation and our life has been stolen in a sense. We live in time and yet we're not of time. Time is more dominant to us than any now that all these books talk about. Any here you may feel you're in could be a mental here, which is chock full of there and then, yesterday and tomorrow. The mental state is like that example of the fish not knowing it's in water. Have you ever seen movies where there's a movie with Nicolas Cage and he's, a, he's an angel, like an eternal celestial being, and he wants to give up his wings to have a, a date with Meg Ryan, basically? You know, that is fucking totally insane. This is, this is, this is like the arrogance of self-centeredness. Like, yeah, a celestial being in eternal bliss is going to give that for a chance to be with Meg Ryan and then probably get divorced three years later? Come on. This is insane. It's totally insane. Or like when, you know, you see the movies when someone's dying and there's someone standing over them going, you can't do this to me. Fuck. We have, we have, a, we have a reservation at the <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm dying, you know. This arrogance of selfie is unbelievable. We're so immersed in it, we have no idea how deep the freaking is. And you don't have, I'm telling you, the influentialness of time is unbelievable. It's one of the main archetypes or the main foundations of this dreaming, is space and time. Time is incredibly influential in us. We're constantly being moved from, quote-unquote, this moment to a bigger, better moment. We're willing to auction off this moment for the hopes of a bigger, better moment. We're, we're, we're totally willing to invalidate this now for a mythical now. And every time, whatever there you're thinking you're going to try to get to, when you arrive there, it's here. You cannot escape the boundaries of what's so. All you can do is make it seem like it ain't. And this is what the mental state does. It makes it seem like it isn't so. Yet it can never, never adulterate it or destroy it or erase it. It can just obscure it. It's sort of like this. Here's the sun... People take themselves to be bodies. In this position, as a body, if you want the sunlight of the spirit, that could be stopped by clouds. A cloud could come by and get between your view and the sun. And at that point, you would, be, you would not be able to have any sun. Yes? So at that point, the cloud is usually influential, yet it's just basically missed. But because of your position, it's now been given the, uh, the meaning or the ability to block you off from the sunlight of the spirit, the sun. Yeah? What happens if you realize you're not this and you find yourself on the sun side? From the sun side, you see the clouds just like you do see them from this point. But from this view, the clouds have no ability to block you off from the sun. This is exactly what we're talking about. The identification itself places you in a position that what you're so sorely 
looking for or needing seems to be a way and can be stopped and blocked by the most easiest, simplest freaking thing. And it's not because of that, it's because of how you're seeing it, where you're seeing it from. Negate this, you may find yourself on the sun side. You'll see the clouds, but they cannot block you from the sunlight of the Spirit. It's always available at all times, as you. It's a negation of a false reference, and then find out where you're placed. Yeah? Don't try to make a place to find out. Don't try to go to a place. Just negate the seeming place you're at now and find out what happens. You read most of the stuff. Vedas, Upanishads, it's all negation. Buddhism, all negation. Neti, 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 not this, not that. Exactly. You can't arrive at where you already are, but you can deny or negate everything else you're taking yourself to be to finally discover it. But let's just start there. It'll save you a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But what about Kashmir Shavism, where you just embrace everything? Mm-hmm. What, what about Shavism, which is the opposite? Yeah, but see, the idea of embracing everything implies as someone that's going to embrace everything. I don't believe that. Embracing everything. If it happens, it's embracing everything. If it doesn't happen, it's embracing not everything. But there's no one there. That's you. I love you, my friend. I need you to come along with me. I like your timing. It's very good. Throw some nice ones in here. I'll have you behind the curtain the next door. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's been authorized. God has spoken. It's you. <laughs> It's a simple invitation. Yeah, it can be repeated. The invitation is simply like this. This is what happens. You hear that you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. You may like that sound. Here it comes. You're a lion, you're a lion, you like it, you're a lion. It hits the ear. The ear has been configured a certain way you may not be aware of. And when you hear the message, you're a lion, you're like, even while you're going like this, it's being turned in, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Yeah, that's the biggest and most important thing of delivering this message is to be an ear doctor to see how people hear it because it's the hearing of it that gives it the meaning not the saying of it it's the hearing of it and I'm just humbly saying there may be an identification as a self in place and that's the first myth that's going to go up with everything messages, spiritual messages, anything that's what's going to catch it. It's going to translate it so it understands it and it neuters it. It's like trying to go to the river and understand the river yeah, by getting a glass and getting some water and going, I've got the river. But you've lost the real essence, which is rivering. It's the movement of the water. It's the rivering. Yeah? This is what we're doing with spirit and everything else. We want to know it, and in the knowing it, we're neutering it. Realize I don't know, you're relegated to finding out, and finding out is revelatory. Finding out can produce a convincing. Finding out can produce a certainty, but knowing will never. Knowing always is two-sided. 
There you have it. That you'll destroy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, eh? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think we're going to hang out and have tea and there's cake and everything. to come to the next talk or do anything. Maybe you enjoy it. Just, uh, just for enjoying it. I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no. I no, actually, yes, if that's so, a question I was asking myself. That's all I really need to know. I've committed to coming to the yeah. next one, so you'll see me. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. There's also another talk on Thursday um, by Richard Lang, The Headless Way, if you guys have heard of him. He's uh, going to be running a workshop here. this is an old, uh, it's called The Path of Sri Ramana. I only like a few sentences in it, actually, and I read them. The Path of Sri Ramana. Well, you delivered it well. Yeah, yeah. right. You came in with nothing, hopefully, and that's everything. That's right. I so yeah. Why not? Put it to the test. Yeah, let's see what happens. 
What? So Pels will walk? It's just a compulsion. No, no. I, my home, really, when this all started, was just another promotion, which was working in AA. Then we put a website on this. And then people from outside of AA got to touch them out. They started asking me to speak, and sometimes they say yes. And then I recognized, I saw something I hadn't been aware of, which is spiritual thing. You know, that was interesting. And I like, I like, you know, if there's anything, I'd love to see people have fun. Instead of having to hit jam 50 times, I'd like to cut it down to maybe three. Well, there's an energy in here. Yeah. And the energy is, in a way, is sort of. Uh, it does what it does to each other. To me, it has its own goal. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like to know, to know something with others before knowing is It's a very, it's like the, it's, it's one of the most uh, neglected knowledge, really. It's the prior knowledge. And we all have it, and it, it resonates us, you know. It's like an unspoken yes, knowing before knowing. You know? It's a nice, when it gets produced, as a language can be a very humble aha or big aha, but it's like the reassurance of something that doesn't need to be reassured. That's why it's fun. And I enjoy it. Have you seen no, 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 this is the first time I've been here. No, 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 I've been in Philly a lot. I'm not here no. But I'm not even here either. I'm not here either. I'm not here either. I'm not here either. I'm not yeah, yeah. The only reason why these talks happen is because I never showed up. I showed up. There'd be a reason. Seriously. I mean, my knees hurting me now. But that would have been a good enough reason. But it doesn't matter. Everything gets suspended. And it's a very vacuum-like event. I don't have it. I don't get anything out of it. Not that. And I like to be used. I do. All the Vedanta. All the Vedanta. That's right. And it's a nice, it would save you a lot of trouble. 
it's not there. Maybe it won't even start anywhere else. Just stay there. That's right. Your pursuit of happiness may turn into a leisurely walk because you're not here anymore. Hey, we better keep this rolling because some people want to say goodbye. But I'll be around. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, if you want to. Let's finish this. We're going to sit down while we're talking. Oh, you take it off? Yeah, take it off. All right, see ya, honey. And you know, you do your thing with it. Yeah, I will. I'll send it to you. Please, yeah. Good, stay in touch. I have your number now. Yeah. I'll I'll call you occasionally. All right.